Are you obsessed with Los Angeles? Head over heels in love with the City of Angels? Well, this is the podcast for you. At LifeX LA, we hack the best in arts, eats, and activities in Los Angeles. So join us and become an LA hacker. Baby, baby. What's up, guys? It's your host, Stefan. Welcome to episode number 49 of the Life Hacks LA podcast. Today, we're going to be hacking fine dining in Los Angeles with our guest, Gina DeVee from DivineLiving.com. At the time of this recording, the whole COVID situation is going on, global pandemic, restaurants all over the world, including in Los Angeles, are struggling right now. And that's why I wanted to have Gina on to just share the amazing experiences of LA restaurants and fine dining so that when this whole situation is over, we can all go back out there and support them. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Gina DeVee. And as always, stay tuned to the end and I'll be sharing my own special fine dining hack in LA. All right, talk to you soon. Hey, what's going on, LA Hackers? Welcome to another episode of Life Hacks LA Podcast. And my guest today is Gina DeVee. How are you today, Gina? Hey, Stefan, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, all things considered. How, how are you handling uh, staying at home a lot more than normal? I, you know, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm happy. I can work from home. I do work from home. Um, there's parts of me that miss life as normal, and there's parts of me that are really excited about this new world that we're all co-creating. Well, that's a positive attitude to have, and I've been kind of doing the same thing. Like every morning I wake up and I think about what I'm grateful for because sometimes you tend to go, oh, I'm stuck in the house. I can't go out and run around and do this and do that. But then you just think about all the opportunities you have and uh, all there is to be grateful for. True. Totally. All right, cool. So, Gina, we're going to talk today about high-end dining experiences in Los Angeles. But before we jump into that subject, I wanted to ask you a little bit about yourself. Can you tell us um, where you're from originally and how you came to Los Angeles? Sure. I am a former struggling psychotherapist. I was living in the suburbs of Detroit and I just had a bigger dream for myself. I was like broke in debt and I just knew there had to be something better. And I remember one night I came home from like another 75 hour work week and I think I turned on like Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood or something. And it was just like LA, the land of the beautiful people that like were just like going after their dreams. And I just, I knew I had to get here. So I scrounged together a few quarters and somehow got myself out here. And that was 2004. And I have not looked back ever since. Wow. That's awesome. So many people dream of that. I come from somewhere else as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people talk about it, but a lot of people don't actually go out there and make it happen, you know? Yes. Well, I mean, LA has been everything, you know, I remember when I first got here, you know, being like a grounded Midwest girl, like the, the ground is different in the middle of America. When I came out here, I could really feel the, like, people have always been coming here for a dream, you know, everything from Gold Rush to Tinseltown to, you know, it's really the, the land that, where dreams are made true. And I just decided to put myself in the game and, um, you know, stop apologizing for my dreams and stop, you know, acting like I didn't have them. And here in LA, it's almost illegal to not be chasing a dream. Yeah. Uh, and I became a life coach and built a, a lifestyle brand and a successful business. So I'm, I'm very grateful to LA for uh, my fresh start and my continued uh, 
beautiful lifestyle. Yeah. And to that point, like in Los Angeles, like you said, everyone's pursuing a dream or they've got two or three side hustles going on. So it actually helps motivate you, you know, as well, because you're around, you're around other people who have that same drive and it's not just a nine to five job for the rest of my life. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but the mindset out here seems to be a little different. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what part of Los Angeles do you live in now? I live in Marina Del Rey at the beach. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I was just in Marina Del Rey a few weeks ago and I just walked Mm -hmm. around because I miss it so much. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my favorite places in LA. Yeah, it's really good. I'm staring at the ocean as we speak and I do. You know, one of the things I love about living here is it really is a community. I think, you know, when I first got to LA, I was so like intimidated and thought, I don't know why I wanted to come here if I thought everybody was snobbish, but just the opposite was true. And literally, you know, we have neighbors of all ages and we watch people, kids grow up and watch the sunset every night. So it's, it's a really beautiful community. I love living here. Yeah, that's a great point because I think LA definitely has that stereotype. And in my opinion, there's some truth to it, you know, like there's a nugget of truth to it. But when you find your little enclave or your little area then get, and get to know your neighbors and it's completely different. It's almost like a small town within a big city. It really is. That's a great way to phrase it. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about how we love um, the drive and the passion of people here, but what are some other reasons that you love Los Angeles and what do you think are some things that make it such a unique place to live? Sure. Well, I mean, the weather is kind of an obvious, you know, it's a very easy place to live weather-wise and um, that that's a beautiful piece, but it's like, it really does have, I think such a, I don't want to say it, like it's the land of the unlimited possibility as we discussed. And it also has such great restaurants as I know we're going to discuss. <laughs> um, and I've always just found LA, like I, I love New York also, but I find LA so easy. Like it's such an easy place to live. Like if you do need to go to a grocery store when we can go to, like you can drive and park and it's, um, you know, at least on the West side, you know, like I'm not fighting for parking spots. It's like an easy place to live. So between weather and people and opportunity and variety, um, I just find it all around fabulous. That's a good word to describe it. Fabulous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So like you said, we're going to talk about um, restaurants in Los Angeles and specifically high-end dining in LA. And I was telling you, I don't really know too much about this subject. So I'm kind of excited to talk to you about it. Super but, cool. My favorite subject for sure to talk about. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Cause yeah, I'm more like a taco guy, but I, you know, I go to fine dining restaurants every once in a while, but it's usually generally a special occasion or something. Uh-huh. But well, you know, when I was uh, thinking about this interview before talking to you, I was, you know, we're, we're currently going through the COVID thing. All restaurants are struggling right now, but I was thinking about it and specifically high-end restaurants um, could be in trouble because a lot of these other restaurants have um, pickup and delivery and not all high-end dining, dining restaurants are going to have that. So, you know, I think it's important that we keep talking about them so that we can all support them when they do come back. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it is amazing. And I think there's, you know, a lot of, um, you know, range in terms of what we qualify as a high-end restaurant, but there've been such creativity coming from what I consider high-end restaurants here, even during COVID. Um, so for example, Melise in Santa Monica, you know, it, um, it's like one of my favorite super high-end restaurants and they're doing these amazing, 
I think they're like five course dinners on the weekends um, where my husband has surprised me a couple of times during this, this uh, quarantine era with it. It's like, it was the first time I felt like I was actually at a restaurant. Like you go, you pick it up, but it, um, it starts like with this like most amazing sort of like, forgive me, Melise, if I'm not describing it accurately, but this was my, I think it's like a charcoal cocktail. It's like margarita. It's delicious. And like the mar the cocktail comes already like pre-made. You just need to put it in a glass and rim it with the black salt that they give you. Um, and then there's like this, there's a basil brioche popover uh, to start with like bread service. Like I haven't had that, in, you know, <laughs> and then it moves on to like this, I think there's this gorgeous salad. And then I think the next course was like a lobster bolognese and then it was like a trio of beef and then like a, there are five different chocolates in this like stacked crepe dessert situation. So they're doing really cool things. Um, Elefante also on the West side, like they're doing like brunch um, pickups and kits and like, I think on Cinco de Mayo, they were like, you know, you could like order margaritas and they were doing cocktail service for pickup or delivery. So I think some of the high-end restaurants are really making the most of this time as well. That's really cool. I got to pick up one of those cocktails. So you basically just take the pre-made mix and then pour it in the glass and you're done, right? Yeah, rim it, rim it with the black salt. Don't forget that because it looks pretty and it tastes great. And then there's this, I forget what, it's not egg whites, but it's like, a, I don't know, some sort of chemicals that make it this like white froth. And you just kind of whisk that and then pour the whole pre-made cocktail margarita situation in the glass. It's delicious. That's awesome. I was just telling my friend, I don't think I'll ever complain about my $15 cocktails anymore. I used right? to complain about how expensive they are, but I really miss them, you know? Uh-huh, totally. All right. So speaking of missing things, I mean, that sounds incredible what you just described, but you know, there's nothing quite like being at the restaurant. So what, what do you miss most about going out to find dining restaurants and which are, what are some of the restaurants that are first on your list when they open back up again? Oh, that's going to be a tough one. Cause there's so many. Um, I think what I miss, I miss getting dressed up. That's for sure. I do like, as much as I love food, I love fashion also. And there's just like, that feeling of when you like end the work week and like go get dressed up to get ready to go to a fancy restaurant um, that I personally love. And there is also something just about being taken care of. Like, you know, I think I didn't realize that like before, like just how generous restaurants and the wait staff, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I know this is going to sound super like whatever eye rolly, but it's daunting to like figure out what you're gonna order for carry out, right? Like there's just like so yeah. like like, well, like where do I go on my caviar app? Like I'm just like it's at least like when you go to a restaurant, there's only one menu versus thousands to choose from. So it's like, oh, just to be able to go and make a selection and be done with it sounds um and and to be served and, and to be in the atmosphere. Like I I love the vibe in LA. And even if I don't know anyone else in the restaurant personally, it just it feels good to be out and about in restaurants. So I think I'm going to crave the community aspect as well. Yeah, I truly miss that as well. I love the atmosphere of like a bustling restaurant and you go in there at night and have a cocktail, have dinner. And like you said, even if you're not with a big group of people, you're just with one other person, you just feel like you're out and about and around other people and around other energy, you know? Mm -hmm, totally. Okay. So let's get into that a little bit. Like I said, I'm not a fine dining expert. So I wanted to ask you, you know, of course, there's a lot of expensive restaurants in Los Angeles, 
what are some of the things that set set the experience apart where you're getting a fine dining experience that's worth it you know it's not just about the how much the meal costs but mm-hmm. it actually should could be considered fine dining or, or or true experience so you know i went to le cordon bleu i'm a le cordon bleu trained chef and i am all about like delicious great tasting food um you know whether it's casual or fine dining but like when i go especially when i go to a fine dining restaurant I don't personally like it too fancy. I don't want foam and stuff on my plate. I don't want something that's the size of like, you know, a dime on my plate. Like I like, I like real food. I like um, all different kinds for sure, but I don't like it when it gets like too, uh, you know, artistic, shall we say. Hmm. Where they give you a little twig on the plate, but it just looks beautiful. Yeah, or like I like to, you know, be able to pronounce my food, you know, different things like that. But it's even if I can't pronounce it, I, if it tastes great, that's um, that's the first thing. And then I am really into atmosphere. You know, like I just do love a great. I like the full experience. You know, like there's some really great food that's uh, that's in strip malls here in LA, and it's fine because the food's great. But I love to experience it all, an incredible atmosphere with delicious tasting food. Yeah, and some of these places, you just can't beat the atmosphere. But you know, since you've, since you've been trained as, as a chef and you probably have a more sophisticated palate, like for me, it just tastes good. And I'm not really, I'm not, I can't really say, okay, well, this is higher quality and this is worth what I'm paying for. But, but since you have some training, then you, you kind of know like uh, if they're using true high quality ingredients just by taste. Sure. You know, um, you know, there's, I think, you know, I, I, I know it a little bit from being a chef, but probably more from consuming, <laughs> um, you know, I travel a lot. So my husband and I, we travel to France and Italy, we travel all over the world. And I think that I've really learned the most from experiencing food, um, even more than making it. You know, when you can taste the difference in the al dente noodle or the sauce or the, quality of the steak um you know so i think i know more from consuming than chefing yeah and i'm glad you brought up europe because you know in other cultures as you know food is more part of the experience like i think in america we get caught up a lot in just convenience Mm -hmm. eating as fast as possible and so one of the experiences that we have that aren't isn't like that is fine dining experience you know you expect to be there for a few hours you expect to take your time and really enjoy the food like, you know, they kind of do on the regular in these European countries. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, even a, a typical or a casual summer lunch in France is an easy three hours. Oh, my God. We visited my wife's uh, sister in Spain, and it took me a while to get used to it because, you know, they would eat. First of all, they ate so late. Like right. Nine, 10 nine or 10 o'clock. If you show up at like 930, you're like like the, you know off American or something. Yeah. And you know, I'm typical American. I eat in 20 minutes and I'm out the door, you know, let's go on and do the next thing. But you know, they don't even get started in the first hour. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's Mm-mm. pretty crazy. But it's Mm-mm. cool because it's part of their social gathering, you know? Totally. Culture all the way. Okay. Speaking of different cultures, we are very blessed in Los Angeles to have so many different ethnicities and different types of food that we can try all in one place. But, you know, I kind of talk more about the casual places. So I'm excited to hear from you about what some of your favorite restaurants are that are by category, you know, like your favorite sushi restaurants, the 
Italian food, French food, steakhouses, et cetera, when it comes to fine dining in Los Angeles. All right, let's do it. Which category do you want to start with first? Let's start with uh, Asian. Asian, okay. Well, this one's not going to come as much of a surprise, but it just, it, there's few rivals for it on all of the levels for me, and that is Nobu Malibu. Um, I love everything about it, the atmosphere, <laughs> the food, the artichoke salad, the uh, the uni, like everything about it. Um, and it's just, yes, it's, it is just heaven on a beach side to me. Yeah. That's the classic. Amazing, amazing spot. Yes. And so, but for, um, and then I would say though, it's not fancy it, it but it is, I would still consider it fine dining is a uh, sushi park. Um, you know, I didn't know that no, my friend who told me about it didn't tell me that, you know, I'm certainly used to amakase and, and, you know, chef's menus, but I didn't know that you have to tell them to stop or they just keep bringing it when I first went to sushi park. And, uh, yeah, so I'm like, I was stuffed and I was like, how many more courses are coming? <laughs> and they're like, you tell us. I'm like, what? So my friend didn't tell me, the wait staff didn't tell me. So that was one, uh, a rookie mistake on my end, but their sushi is incredible. Now, where, where's Sushi Park? I haven't heard of that one. Oh, Sushi Park, it's in, I, is it West Hollywood, Sunset? It's the, over in that area. I think oh, I, okay. it's probably technically West Hollywood. Okay. Could be wrong. Hollywood, West Hollywood, somewhere in there. I'm a big sushi fan, so definitely have to check that one out. Just tell them when to stop. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, so what, whatever your next favorite food is, like whether that's Italian, French, okay. or... Um, well, I'm going to go with this restaurant. So Capo. Capo is on Ocean Avenue in Santa Monica. And it's sort of like the, I don't know, I would say people who know, know. Like people don't like talk about it except if you, if you know it. And it's, I guess, technically Italian, but their steaks are amazing. It's a very small restaurant. I often choose this place to go on my birthday because I love how quaint it is. The atmosphere is amazing. You, as much as I love LA, you kind of feel like you're in New York um, when you're there. Sometimes I'll just go and sit at the bar also. Again, this is one of those just everything on the menu is just, if you like what that is, it's going to be amazing. Um, if I'm by myself and I go and I sit at the bar, especially in the wintertime, they have like this open fire where they literally like, you can see them grilling the steaks over the fire. Um, it's just all things, it's, I, I'm like kind of just dreaming and salivating, just even thinking of being there. So Papa <laughs> is definitely uh, one of my favorites. While we're sort of on Italian, I love Via Veneto, also in Santa Monica. Um, the guys are from Rome that started that place. Giorgio Baldi, you can tell I'm a bit of a West Side girl, but uh, Giorgio Baldi, um, that's sort of like on the border of the Palisades in Santa Monica. Um, is on the fancier side, and then it's still really nice right across the street, Cafe Delfini, and those chefs are also from Rome. Um, and then my, my local favorite Italian is uh, Scopa here in uh, Venice Marina del Rey. Uh, they do an incredible job, and that has a female chef, uh, so we really like Scopa. So that's probably my favorite Italian roundup. There's so many amazing restaurants on the West side and especially Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't even heard of any of those. So <laughs> I'm, I'm writing these You're notes welcome. as we're talking. 
I know where I'm going to be spending the next few uh, special occasions. Yes, yes. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit earlier. You were talking about how the um, atmosphere or the aesthetics are important to you. They're important to me as well because, especially here in Los Angeles with the competition, what it is, you really want to experience something amazing when you go out and have a nice dinner. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, and there's a lot of choices here. Yes. <laughs> Whether it's outdoor views or it's just an amazing interior, what are some of your favorite restaurants as far as just aesthetics, like just breathtakingly beautiful that, that are here in LA? Yep. So I do love Catch uh, in West Hollywood. I think, you know, it's a very Instagrammable spot. I think that, um, and again, because I only like a place if the food is amazing as well as the atmosphere. So I think in terms of aesthetics, Catch is really great. Um, in terms of ocean view, it's hard to beat Joffrey's up in Malibu or uh, Casa del Mar in Santa Monica, like so the big sweeping ocean views. Um, I also love, um, I love the Peking Duck at WP24 downtown. Um, and there's some great views there. Um, and let's see how other atmosphere. I'm also like, I'm a super old school girl too. So I love uh, Bel Air Hotel atmosphere, everything about Bel Air Hotel. I love um, Beverly Hills Hotel, love the atmosphere there as well. So those would be some of my favorites for atmosphere. Those are some great ones. Um, What about uh, rooftops? Because you know, that's a big thing with uh, Angelinos. We love our rooftop views. Do, do Do you have any that you go to downtown, even just for a cocktail? You know, I'm tr- um, it's been a hot minute for me. I think that there's so much. So I travel to Europe so much in the summer. So which one is when I think m- most people do like the whole rooftop scene. Um, I, I do remember the standard downtown being at a party at the rooftop there. And it was just like, I felt like it was like enveloped in lights. It was such a divine experience. It was like, it was like almost like this, because the standard isn't the highest restaurant, so it's or the rooftop, so it's, you're kind of like nestled in buildings that are much bigger. And so I remember having a great time there. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I think over the last two years, downtown has just gone crazy with the rooftops. I mean, they're, they're everywhere, these rooftop um, restaurants and bars, but um, there's some pretty amazing ones out there. Yes. And uh, I haven't been to it myself, but Hotel Irwin gets a lot of, a lot of people I follow on Instagram um, and that's in Venice, uh, do that rooftop scene as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't been to that one. All right. So like I said, I generally go to these type of restaurants on special occasions, maybe like five times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you about romantic restaurants because, you know, a lot of people when they go out is for uh a birthday or um, a romantic occasion. So what are some of your favorite restaurants that kind of fit that romantic vibe? Yes. Well, some of the ones I've mentioned, we'll, we'll do that. And I'll give you some new ones also, but I mean, Capo is super romantic to me. Um, everything Hotel Bel Air is really romantic. So I think those, uh, Melise is super romantic. But one that I haven't mentioned is Providence. And that's also, I believe in West Hollywood. I don't know. My husband drives us over there. So I don't pay as much attention. Um, but I absolutely love Providence. I've been there twice. And they just do such an exquisite job from, you know, the, the service is like, it's so next level there. And you, 
you might not pay attention to service until you go to some place like that where they've just got it so dialed in. But the, the menu is amazing. The atmosphere is amazing. Um, and I think so we've done uh, a Valentine's there. Um, and also Odium downtown, I think is super romantic also. Uh, I think we did a Valentine's there one time also. And then for a whole different vibe, I mean, it's kind of, it's like more on the, like the fun romantic side. I do love Elefante in Santa Monica. Cause, and I go like right before sunset. So you can kind of get a bit of the ocean view and the cocktail vibe. Um, and it's kind of like beachy romantic. Yeah. I think we've got so many choices here. I mean, you, you can get the view of the ocean restaurants or you can get the rooftop views downtown. I mean, we've just got so many opt and then they've got these beautiful courtyards now that they're, they're making a mm -hmm. lot of restaurants. Mm -hmm. Definitely a lot to choose from. Okay. Sure. So, so, so for this question, one of the most frequent questions we get is where do I spot celebrities? So <laughs> the most places I used to work on a studio a lot, so I would see celebrities sometimes there, but other than that, the most common place I see them is when I'm at a nice restaurant. So I wanted to ask you if there's any specific ones, especially with you being on the West side where you're more likely to see a celebrity if you go out to eat. Sure. Sure. I mean, I would say Nobu Malibu. I've never been there and not seen a celebrity. Um, Scott Disick's usually there. Kendall Jenner I've seen there. Um, I mean, just so many there. So that's probably a guarantee. And you know, what's interesting about, LA too. It's like, because celebrities are everywhere. I mean, I saw like Harrison Ford at Earth Cafe and I saw Robert De Niro at, um, was it like Toscana in Brentwood or something? Like, like, you know, not even like super, super high end or fancy. Um, I actually have eaten at the Ivy many times where everyone talks about celebrities being, but I've never seen a celebrity there. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually like the food. Um, and I think it's, it's really fun. Um, and then, you know, I was just out for a walk like three days ago and saw Kevin Costner just like parking his, was it a Rolls Royce? I think like just next to the ocean and just looking at the ocean. So, um, wow, Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I used to live in Santa Barbara and I thought that's where he lived, but yeah, that was, I did do a double take, but I was like, yep, that for sure is him. Um, but I think if you my, if I were looking to celebrity spot, I would go to Nobu, Nobu Malibu. Yeah, that's a good like call. A Sunday. That's a good call. <laughs> and it's a great point. What you said about, um, the healthy places that are a little more casual. Cause I hadn't really thought about it until you said it, but, um, do you know cafe gratitude? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when they first opened the first five times I went to the one in Larchmont, every time I saw a celebrity mm -hmm. and then Erewhon, that market that, mm -hmm. you know, places like that, you know? So yeah, that's a good point. Yep. But, but you know, like if, so you're from Detroit, I'm originally from Seattle. When I, when I talk to people from back home, they're like, Oh, you must see celebrities all the time. I'm like, ah, not really. You know, <laughs> especially since I don't live in the West side anymore. It's maybe like a couple times a year and that's about it. Yeah, well, I think that too, like, because we are used to, we don't stalk celebrities or like go up to them at restaurants, like, you know, if we were in the Midwest or Middle America, but uh, yeah, they're around. Um, Harvey, I mean, Harvey of TMZ lives in my neighborhood and he's driving it around, you know, so they're around. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you because people ask me that all the time. Where can I see celebrities? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And if they're out of town, they go, do we go to Hollywood Boulevard? I'm like, no, that's the last oh, place. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to see like fake Spider-Man or something. Right, right. Okay, so for my next question, actually, before I ask you this question, I was going to ask you, you live in Marina del Rey and you go to Santa Monica all the time. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about how the West Side has some of the best fine dining restaurants. But in general, which area would you say has the best? You know, like if you could only... Um, be in town for a temporary amount of time and you wanted to go to a bunch of nice restaurants, like which area would you pick? Yes. So, oh, it's, it's, it's so much more difficult to me now because there used to be like the go-to pockets. And I think that, you know, just with the traffic, the way it is, we tend to stay within our neighborhood, so to speak. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like those of us on the West side, if we got to go over to Sunset Boulevard, it's like the far east, you know. Um, and probably, and I want, I'm like so grateful for my community restaurants that are like here, but because I am such a repeater and keep going to the geographically desirable ones, I would probably pick downtown LA at this point. There's so many downtown yeah. that I read about that I, I've gone to some, but you know, Bestia is probably one of my favorite ones down there for sure. Um, but if I could like transplant downtown restaurants to the west side so I'd get the beach and those restaurants, that would be an extra slice of paradise for me. Yeah, I think with downtown, it's, it's kind of where the action's at now. And that, that's why it's mm-hmm. um, you know, so noticeable because just over the last five years, it's just exploded with the arts district. I mean, these beautiful restaurants are popping up left and right. And then you've got central downtown and these uh, amazing restaurants are coming up. So. Mm-hmm. You know, one place we haven't talked about, and I used to go there a lot, but I'd eat more at cafes because I was there during the day, is Beverly Hills. Is there um, Mm -hmm. restaurants you like there in Beverly Hills? Yeah, I do. um, I mean, I I think Wolfgang Puck does a great job. So I think Cut that's in uh, the Beverly Wilshire is great there. Um, Honestly, I like, is it Crustacean? Isn't it uh, the Vietnamese place? I haven't been there in a long time, but I have always enjoyed my meals there. Um, And then, uh, oh, the Bazaar at the SLS. Is that considered Beverly Hills or? Yeah, SLS. um, You know, I love uh, Jose Andres' food there. The Iberico ham is amazing. Um, What else in Beverly Hills? Is it? Mateo, yeah. consider Beverly Hills. I like Mateo as well. Hinoki and Birds near there. They they, they have yeah. that one area by Rodeo Drive, and I don't know the names of any of those restaurants, but there's a ton of like really nice restaurants in that just within that four block radius, I'd say. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying. Um, I don't know the name of them, but trying to think of which ones you're referring to. Well, um, you know, like near Rodeo Drive, it's not on Rodeo Drive, but. Um, there's a bunch of restaurants where you walk around and you know, there's people eating kind of like European style, like cafes. Oh, for sure, sure, sure. There's like but, a bunch of Italian ones. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know the name of them, but you know, you can tell they're really expensive because <laughs> you see, you see the cars that are being parked outside. But, mm-hmm. but anyway, I just wanted to bring it up because I think that is that area is just packed with a lot of restaurants and you wouldn't have to go far to choose one. It's true. And um, the Beverly Hills Hotel, you know, the polo lounge there is oh, amazing. phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. And you can just go in there and get a drink, right? 
Totally. Yeah, yeah. There's a bar, yeah. restaurant, there's the outdoor uh, courtyard, cafe. Um, it's, it's lovely. So that's a little hack for you guys. If you want to check out the Polo Lounge, hang out in Beverly Hills near a pool, and you don't want to spend $100 on a meal, you can just buy, you know, spend $25 on a drink. <laughs> yeah, you won't get near the pool, but you can get to the Polo Lounge. You can see it. (laughs) Okay. So this is one of my favorite questions and I'm excited to hear your answer about this. It can be, it can include fine dining or not, but from getting up to going to bed, what would you consider your dream day in LA? What would you do in that day? Okay. Brace yourself because I don't know if you're going to be as excited as I am or completely underwhelmed, but I would say going over to the hotel Bel Air getting an early check-in, enjoying a leisure brunch, um, hanging out at the pool all day, and then hitting the spa, getting uh, glammed up afterwards and headed to the bar for cocktails, and then uh, headed to the Wolfgang Puck restaurant there as well. Just like a total day staycation, don't need to go anywhere, but everything is glamorous and delicious and beautiful and relaxing. Well, I love staycations and I love spoiling, spoiling myself. So <laughs> that sounds like a perfect day to me. Cool. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's such a jewel hidden yeah. out there. Okay, Gina, thanks so much for sharing about these um, dining experiences in Los Angeles. I wanted to see if you could tell us a little bit more about divine living and what your mission is with that. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Divine Living is a women's empowerment company and lifestyle brand for working women who have a flair for the finer things in life or really women who desire to have it all. We have meaningful careers and abundant lifestyles and we love food, fashion and travel. I'm the recent author of The Audacity to be Queen, The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life. So you can find out about all things Divine Living at divineliving.com. That's awesome. So that's the best place for people to go to find you, right? Divineliving.com? Yes. And you'll have everything there. I had a luxury magazine for a while that was a, it was a travel food fashion um, magazine. And that's all there. There's free videos. There's my talk show. You can find out about the book, uh, podcast, all kind of great stuff. And I'm also going to recommend that people go to Instagram and follow you there because I noticed you do a lot of lives and a lot of, um, a a lot of video content. Yes. Yes. Uh, you can find me at Gina DeVee on Instagram and sharing all things divine living there as well. All right, cool. Thanks so much for coming on Gina. It was great talking to you. Thanks for having me, Stefan. Okay. Bye. What's going on guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Gina DeVee as she helped us hack fine dining in Los Angeles. All right, let's jump into my special hack for fine dining and got a confession to make. I'm going to use a bit of a cheat code because as I mentioned multiple times in the, in the interview, fine dining is not exactly my area of expertise and I don't want to fake it. So instead, what I'm going to do is recommend that you listen to episode 34 where we interviewed Courtney from Disco Dining Club. And it wasn't specifically about fine dining, but it was about awesome, amazing um, restaurant experiences in Los Angeles. So if you're into restaurants and fine dining, then it kind of ties in nicely. So go back and listen to episode 34 to get more information on that subject. And that's all I got for you this week. As always, if you like the podcast, please subscribe, give us a like, leave us a comment. We appreciate it. All right. I'll see you next week. Bye.